Welcome, welcome, my lovelies. Welcome to the Naked Football Show, a rather special one today. We have Liz and Tim Edwards, who are now going to tell me what they actually do, because Liz is um, Sporters Liaison Officer, and they're also connected with the Ipswich Heritage thing, which is far too complicated for me, so take it away, guys. Who wants to say what you do first? Okay, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I'm the Sports Liaison Officer for the Football Club, which is a volunteer role for for the club. And essentially that means sort of working with these supporters. So if any supporter wants to talk to me with any feedback, comments, any queries, they can get in touch whenever they want. Also, um, we provide information to all our fans travelling to away games to tell them about parking, any travel difficulties, if there's any issues on the trains, etc. Recommended pubs. Recommended pubs, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) That information goes on the club's website and is available in the fan zone at the SLO hub as well. And And I also liaise with my equivalent at every club that's coming okay. down to Ipswich. So this Saturday we're playing Hull, so they've been given a, a guide for their fans coming to Ipswich with all the relevant information as well. And oh, if they've got any issues, I had their SLO ring up yesterday. They've got a fan that's had an injury. So, you know, what do they do about being dropped off at the ground, etc. So it's so all, all things like that. And also organising events with current players and ex-players which we'll come to in a minute, which is yep. good. Um, do, do all clubs have a, 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 a an equivalent of you, or is it just some? No, all clubs. It's a requirement. For some clubs, it's actually somebody that's employed full-time. So yeah. at Ipswich, it used to be Sally Webb, and I was her assistant. And then when Sally left, I took the job, job on. And there's... Uh, other clubs, it will be the person that covers all the family aspects of the club, but we obviously have somebody else. That's good, though, isn't it? It deals with that side of it. It's good, because gone are the days when you used to head up on the train, you didn't know where you were going after that. I once, when I was a kid, um, well, a few of us, we went to Tottenham, funnily enough, to watch town play at Tottenham, and we all got off at Tottenham Court Road, because we thought that's where it would be. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. Oops. Um, Yes, Tim. Um, And we're also involved with the Ipswich Town Heritage Society. Um, Basically, two sides to it. Uh, safeguarding the heritage of the club, which is it's about the pots and pans and programme collection, all kinds of memorabilia at the club. Um, it's also about some work we're doing currently with Suffolk Records Office. When they move down to the hold, they, they're fantastic new building in a year or so's time. We're looking to be able to move more of the club's memorabilia down there to make it, and to make it more accessible to the public, especially to students for research purposes. And that might even include things like as many of the minute books as we can. A lot of currently embargoed. We want to open that embargo out so that if people are interested in the history of the club and also how it's part of the social history of the town, then they've got that opportunity to do so. The other side of that coin is celebrating the history of the club, and that's everything from helping the New Wolsey Theatre last year with Our Blue Heaven, Photo East with uh, with their fantastic People's History Project last year, um, through to running events with ex-players, and now being part of the committee that are fundraising for the the Beat Goes On appeal, the Kevin Beatty statue. Mm. Which we'll come and to as well. Can I just say, if anybody wants to know more about the role of the SLO and also the Heritage Society, we are in the fan zone every Saturday. So before every home game from when the fan zone opens, and we have a stand in there. One of those is the SLO stand, which covers any events that are coming up and also the work that the football club's doing in the community. And then on the Heritage side, there's a different display 
in in every fan zone as well. Talking every game this Saturday, it's on Terry Butcher. Loosed off boy, <laughs> like me. Um, talking of Terry, I mean, is there something? Isn't there some? Isn't there something in the um, Ipswich School Museum that's something to do with Ipswich heritage? Yeah, a lot of the early history of the club, the pre-Portman Road years, we've only been there, what, 125 plus years, uh, a lot of the early history is actually up at Ipswich School. It was, yeah. it was old boys of Ipswich School who started the club up when it was Ipswich Association Football Club in 1878, a date that I think most town fans now are aware of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of and they've got some fantastic stuff up at the school, including also an old football from when they played the Ipswich School Rules in the earlier 1870s and before that, before they adopted the Association Rules in 1874. Blimey. So there, there's some brilliant stuff up there, and yeah, it was a great privilege for us to take a group of people up to have a look at it a year or so back. Can sort of mere mortals go up there, or have you got a book, or can uh, you? By appointment, they have an archivist, and they're very happy to meet people and show them around. That'd be great. I've never done it. I know they have one, but well, Graham, I'm sure we can organise that. For That'd you. be fantastic, guys. <laughs> Is there a bar? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's only about 200 cars from the Greyhound, so I suspect that is true. That you, yes, you're of not, course. You're not, you're not going to be thirsty for too long. That's true. That's true. Um, well, I mean, I don't know where you guys want to, which order you want to do things, but uh, first off, from my point of view, I had a wonderful night last night with Chambo and uh, Scusi. That was fantastic. So thank you for that, for organising that. I presume you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fantastic. Evening sellout crowd. I think it was around about 130 or so people in the room, and we also man- raised a bit of money for the academy. About 450 pounds was cool. raised last night, and over the four on the roads that we've held this season, I think that gives a total of 2,300 to the academy, which is fantastic. So thank you, a big thank you to everyone for the support that they've given to those events. Is it fair to say that that's about the same as last year, or even more than last year? It's, it's a little bit more than last year. And, and numbers of the events have been up a bit this mm-hmm. year, haven't they? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, the numbers, given you know, the position in the league and everything, and the fans actually getting behind the team and getting behind the events as well. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's a bit strange, isn't it? It's, 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 it's just so counterintuitive what's going on at the moment. We're rock bottom of the league, and the fans have never been behind them so much as they have this season. Or this second half of the season. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that both the players there last night were quite surprised at the size of the turnout. Um, and clearly they were feeling really down. And they made it quite clear they're feeling really, mm. really, really desperate about mm. where we are in the league and what's happening, obviously, into next... Uh, almost certainly going to happen into next season. Um, and and yet the mood from the terraces is slightly different. We do seem to be a little bit more together. It does feel that Paul Lambert's pulled the fans and the club back together in a way that was absolutely necessary but he seems to be succeeding far more than anybody ever expected mm. and the football is actually football on the deck playing you know we're not winning we're getting some atrocious refereeing decisions it's not just me saying that Chambers said that so if he can say it <laughs> that's fine absolutely and, uh, and, and, and he and we can name names about referees but obviously we're yeah. not going to do that are we Keith Stroud no <laughs> <laughs> do you want uh, some water for that Carl <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but uh, quite telling that the West Brom game we had 22 shots on goal Mm. which was roughly a season's worth under McCarthy all yeah. away from home. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it's worth watching. It's exciting. If only we had somebody who could regularly put the ball in the net. Um, mm. But I think we have to bear in mind the players that are playing now aren't the players that necessarily got us into this position no. in the first place. No. Uh, it's going to be tragic that we go down because I genuinely believe we're at worst a mid-table championship um, side at the mm. moment. Mm. But if it gives the youngsters a chance to develop their game and come through 
then it could be still a very, very exciting future for us. But then, of course, sadly, I mean, even the youngsters like Ben Falami and Ben Morris um, both got serious injuries, not just little niggles. You know, you think they, they'd get a chance, wouldn't you? And I, I was looking forward to seeing Ben Morris play because, obviously, he bangs them in for fun for the under-23s, and now he's torn his cruise ship or something. So Yeah, I'm sitting here nodding, which obviously works terribly well on radio. <laughs> it's brilliant, Sorry, yeah. everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're quite right, but we've, we've been regularly now having five or six young players in the team and mm. that's probably as far as you can go in any, any one game and all those players need now more first team time more experience um, Josh Emanuel has got to be good enough at right back next season in League One because last time he was there playing for Rotherham last year he was their young player of the year and they got promoted Yes. so the, there can't be any dispute about whether he's good enough or no. not um, and it was interesting the uh, when we look at our midfield, we look at how Teddy Bishop is coming through this season, mm, yeah. um, and <coughs> he looks a little bit stronger than he was, um, and arguably even a little bit quicker. But he's so good with the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but then that's not to mention people like Flynn Downs and Andre and, and so many others. So there is a very very bright future there, provided you've got the right manager and the right opportunities. Providing mm. we can hang on to them as well. It, it was quite telling last night. Actually, one thing that I noticed. Um, so about three, four weeks ago, we ran an event in Stowmarket. It was another of these first-team player events, uh, the Gladstone Arms. But that was with much younger players. We had Andre Dezel, we had Josh Emmanuel, and also Bailey Clements, who's actually uh, is in the youth side, is sponsored by the Gladdy. Um, and so clearly a very different evening. And there was something they said that kind of stayed with me a bit, about how much they're enjoying it how they don't feel any of the pressures that you would expect within the club, how training's really good fun, and it, to them it's, it's an adventure and a very, very positive thing this season. Mm. Then when we meet with the two most senior pros, Chamber and Scusi, last night, um, it's quite clear that they have shouldered such an enormous responsibility this season, and they have done a brilliant job at keeping those pressures away from the young players yeah, yeah. and allowing them to develop. And I know from, I've never worked in football, but I've worked in some fairly high-pressure businesses in the past, and if you can protect your youngsters and give them a chance to grow, then that really helps the organisations develop in the mm. future. I think Chamber and Scusi and many other people at the club deserve massive, massive respect for having done that. Mm. Yeah. Matt, player of the season for Chamber, everyone's nominating him even though oh, technically I, he's not the greatest player out there I, I've, I've heard more nominations for Pennington than for Chamber yeah well I think if you're going to pick pure footballing ability which I presume that's really what you're meant to do but I think well, just for his um, well, it might be a late shout for Alan Judge then but yeah well yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to do a Jimmy Bullard come in play a dozen games and walk <laughs> off with a trophy um, I, I'm reminded a bit about um, the, the Tony Mowbray Gary Pallister partnership at Middlesbrough yeah remember Pallister went off to Manchester United for a vast fee and never really set the world alight there and it was kind of admitted after the day that actually it was Mogga who was so good that he kind of made Pallister look good alongside yeah. him um, I think there's a little bit there. My vote's for Chamber. Full yeah, stop. I think so. More for his influence as much as anything, yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's had a good season. He hasn't let us down yeah. on the pitch. No. No, and he plays pretty much anywhere, he's told. <laughs> um, three seasons at right-back. Not, not too happy at right-back, by all accounts. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Just on the voting for the Supporters Club Player of the Year, Year Awards, that is now open on their website which is itfcsupporters.co.uk 
and representatives of the supporters club will be around the ground before the game on Saturday. Oh, cool. And they'll be wearing their lovely yellow supporters club tabards. Yellow. So it's going to be all around the stadium, just outside, inside? I believe they will be in the fan zone, so that's a good place to come. Outside the North Stand, sort of around by Planet Blue, over by St Bobby's and on the South Stand concourse. Superb. Wonderful. You've got a lot of paperwork there, Liz. <laughs> I presume there's a reason for it, because I don't want to end the show and suddenly you think, look, I've got all this stuff to talk about. <laughs> well, we've, we've still got about 65 grand to raise for the beat appeal, haven't we, or something like that? Something like that. 60,000, 60, sorry. Yeah, it stood uh, around £50,000 at the moment with 110000 to raise in total. And there are loads of events coming up and lots of events that have already happened. And obviously a lot of people have donated as well. So a big thank you to anybody that's donated. And if I can just mention one event that has taken place, which raised over £600 for the... For the cause, and that was a quiz at Somersham Village Hall a week or so ago, which Claire McLaughlin run, and that was apparently a very fantastic night, a very successful fundraising night. So there are a number of other events taking place. Go for it. Um, well, well, we'll run through one by one. Absolutely, yeah, go it's for it. It's just conceivable Liz has put them on this list in date order, but I haven't read it through to see, but I'll start <laughs> with the first one. A sporting dinner with town legend Russell Osman and comedian Ian Irving at Gresham's. Um, Gresham's are represented on the committee, and they have been fantastic yeah. in giving premises essentially free of charge for events, um, which enables us to maximise the revenue for each. So this one, sporting dinner with Russell and a comedian, and tickets just £35 a time or 300 for a table of 10. That's on Thursday the 4th of April. And you can get tickets directly from Gresham. That's uh, very, well, it's next week, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, is that next week already? It is. Yeah, yeah. That's summertime, isn't it? Mm. Okay. And the Supporters Club Player Awards evening this year, the net proceeds from that are going to the Beat Go Up Goes On. And there's a few tickets still available for that. They're £5 for adults, £2 for under 16s, and they'll be available, if not sold out, in the fan zone on Saturday. Or you can email the supporters club on official itsc at gmail.com. But tickets are selling very quickly, aren't they? They right are now? selling really quickly for that. All right. Given the size of the first team squad, I'm surprised there's room for any fans in Legends <laughs> Bar this year. Um, then there's a live singer disco raffle and auction at Gainsborough Labour Club on Lancia Road on the 10th of May. That's a Friday evening. Just £5 for an adult, £1 for a child. Um, there's a couple of phone numbers here for tickets. Uh, 07810-480-622 that's 07810-480-622 or 07903-887-853 uh, we'll have all this information in the fan zone of course um, at the at the next game so if you didn't get all that down then please come and see us the next event Liz um, yes because you want to do the last one don't you uh, when, when you talk about the last one there's going to be a little <laughs> smile on your face I know um but the, f- the fourth one, uh, evening with Stephanie Carr, who's a psychic medium at Newborn Village Hall, Newborn. So she'll tell us where we're going to finish next season, no doubt. I wonder if she can tell us if we're going to get relegated this season. Well, the evening's on Tuesday the 14th of May, so I don't think you need to oh. be psychic to word that one out. <laughs> <laughs> That's at 7 o'clock, so Newborn Village Hall, 14th of May at 7 o'clock. Tickets are £10 from Shirley on 07765 630182. 
And the final one that has been confirmed, confirmed today is a number of Escape to Victory screenings hey, up at Gresham's. At last. <laughs> <laughs> and Russell Osman will be there, and I think some of the other players who were in the film as well will be there to share their memories and stories from the film. That's taking place on the 13th of June and 14th of June. Tickets are £10 and, again, can be purchased from, from Gresham's. And in addition to those, there's a lot of planning for other events. So, you know, look out, obviously, in the press, on websites. And there's so going to be a big dinner event at Gresham's, isn't there, at some point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're also looking to organise some Legends events Brilliant. as well. Brilliant. And I must say, if, if anyone hasn't, if if you haven't looked it up, um, look up the picture, the mock-up of the Speedy statue, because it's amazing, isn't it? It's absolutely superb. Oh. It's, it's, she is going to cry in a second. It's oh, oh Liz is off. It, it, it's absolutely fantastic. It's the same sculptor, Sean Hedges, yeah, yeah. who did Sir Alf and Sir Bobby. Yeah. Um, is renowned uh, across the sporting world for doing the statues that are, that are right. Um, and we know how easy it is to get them wrong. Yeah, Ronaldo. This one is going to be <laughs> utterly br- he's, really, he's really thought about this one to capture the image of the beat in full flight. And yeah. it, it's magnificent. Yeah, it is. So if you haven't seen it, just Google it, and uh, it's just amazing. Talking of Googling, complete change of subject. Has anyone seen the new Man City shirt? No, I haven't. Oh, Google it. Actually, I've got it on my phone, but that's not going to work on radio either. I'll show you it afterwards. But you can Google the new Man City shirt as well. Uh, Am I assuming it's not just a bog standard light blue? Uh, No. It's, it's, um, I think bog is, you could just leave it at bog. It's pretty uh, amazing. What they've done, in, in effect, is cobbled together all this last few seasons shirts and just patchworked it almost you could say um, to be fair that sounds interesting I just hope Norwich City don't get the same idea just imagine putting their lot oh together it would be absolutely horrible <laughs> well they, they did do almost do that once didn't they with their pizza type um, vomit shirt <laughs> Um, do you, have you got anything else to read for a second or I'll read emails and things first if you um, wish. just one other event I'm going to plug um, and this won't apply to every single listener because it's only for the over 50s, so Graham, you're going to Oh, I won't you? make that then. So. Um, th- there's a fantastic organisation called the Sporting Memories Network, um, who they basically organise social events for old people, over 50s, like Yay. me. Yes. Um, and the, there's a group meets every Monday morning at Key Place in Ipswich, one of the churches down the waterfront from 10.30 to 12 o'clock. It's free of charge. And we basically have a good old chinwag about our sporting highlights of the week, and uh, usually a whinge at referees because there's some local referees turn up. Uh, we have a resident German fan who's a Borussia Mönchengladbach fan, so we, it covers just about everything. On Monday, the eighth of April, we got Donovan Blake turning up, the oh, yeah, yeah, sports yeah. journalist. Uh, he's obviously he's covered football for a long, long time. Um, he's made the odd faux pas as well on air, which we're going to tease him about. Do you remember that one? Which one? Go on then, Tim. Uh, he, he referred to Neil Warnock by his nickname, by his anagram nickname, by, live on air. Oh. Well, started to. Started to. He referred to him as Colin. And then, um, well, Donovan <laughs> can't exactly blush, but he, if, if he could have done, he would have done. And he doesn't mind being reminded of it. And I'm sure he's going to have one or two other little stories like that to He'll tell probably us get that out before you get a chance to rib him about it. Absolutely. <laughs> so m- Monday the 8th of April, 10.30 at Key Place. Mm. We're going to have a lot of fun there, I'm quite sure. So Brilliant please stuff. do come along, free of charge. 
Brilliant stuff. Excellent. You got some emails? Uh, well, I've got one at the moment. I've got some tweets, but if we don't have time to read them all out, not to worry. Um, this is from Slowball. Good evening, Grey Mondo. Good evening, Timbo. Good evening, Fizzy Lizzie. Love the show. Um, good to see Emir Hu's turn out for our highly successful under-23s yesterday, who bizarrely finished the game with nine players and yet still won 3-1. <laughs> Heartwarming also that some of our youngsters are winning caps slash getting recognition at representative level for their respective nations. However, Judge being part of the era set up may bring him to the attention of potential suitors. Not good if we wish to retain him. Before I read out any more, do you wish to talk about Judge and the chances of him staying? To me, he's a championship player at least. Mm. Um, just before Luke Hyam uh, broke his leg. Um, obviously, accidentally, I have to stress. Um, apparently, he had a deal tied up with a Premier League club and you can see that quality. Yep. Um, it would be fantastic if he stayed with us. It would give us such a boost. But I think we have to understand that he's going to be in some demand. Yeah. Liz, do you think any chance clutching at straws? <laughs> no idea. It would be fantastic if he did stay. I mean, he might, they might persuade him to sign a one-year contract on condition we go up and then yeah. release him. Graham, there's one other um, in that tweet or text that was interesting. Yeah, can keep uh, talk, going. Talking about young players getting caps and so on. Mm. Um we've got a real risk next season that we will still get international breaks and therefore fixture oh, pile-ups yeah. midweeks. I think you only need three players called mm-hmm. up at under 21 level or full level and that seems more than likely for us next season. So all those fans of midweek long-distance trips, you're going to have plenty more of those. On That's me. Sure. That's me. <laughs> yeah, a midweek trip to the Checker Trade quarterfinals and things like that. I see that you're right. We will have... It's it's going to be just our luck that we'll have a cup run for the first time in years. Probably a league cup run, an FA cup run, and a checker trade cup run, plus all these uh, international breaks, and that'll. I'm really hoping that we're going to play the youngsters in the checker trade. Yeah, you'd hope so. Because that surely is going to be a level up from the under 23s where they are at the moment. That would be good, wouldn't it? Although, don't uh, the teams above us, including. Does it not, in effect, mean we have to play. That lot up the roads under 23s or up under 21s. Not necessarily. 21s. I think it's probably 50-50 between them and West Ham or Is them it? and Tottenham or something like that. But it would be nice to avoid them. Doesn't bear thinking about it. <laughs> Quite. Uh, which loan players do the panel think will stay, if any? And who would you like to stay? <laughs> well, hey, if we could keep Chalabar, wouldn't that be amazing? Because I think that yeah. lad's in an England shirt within two years. Yes, I agree. He is. I, the way he's come on the last couple of months has been utterly amazing. Especially just last week, I thought he didn't even play the whole game, and yet he stood out head and shoulders once he came on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. absolutely fantastic player. Um, someone was actually talking to me last night, saying if we can remind Chelsea just what a great job we can do with a lone player. Maybe we get Charlie Brown back for next season because he could knock some goals in mm. League One. And I didn't think that was the worst shout I'd ever heard. That's true. That was yeah. simply from a fan um, who, I, who I promised I wouldn't name, Adi at the Duff. <laughs> I won't tell him you said anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a bad idea. Not a bad shout, actually. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And of course, this um, rumoured thing about Germany. There's looks like we're going on a European tour. Are you guys going to go if we go? Of course we are. Of course you are. <laughs> no, no dates. No dates released as yet. Although I'm, I wonder if Liz already knows, but Secret Squirrel. Eh? Um, I can assure you, I don't already. You don't know, already know. Okay. But yeah, but, uh, we're, we're busily looking at the diary, trying to work out when it might be. 
Um, I did have a. Managers tend to be creatures of habit, don't they? Mm. And when Paul Lambert did pre season at Villa and took them to Germany, um, which I think is our closest guide here, they were away sort of seven to ten days. They played three games in five days at the end of that period, roughly, I think it's sort of 10th to 14th of July, something like that. That was it, it was about five years back. Um, and they were all within an hour's drive of Dortmund. Um, Paderborn, Bulkham and someone else. I'm, I'm not saying that's where we're going, but if managers are creatures of habit and mm. we end up playing two or three games, um, shall we say a couple of weeks into July, that sounds like one heck of a trip. It does. And, and if I had my vote, I'd love to go back to Dusseldorf. I think that might figure as well, mightn't it? If, if it would be fantastic, yeah. but uh, I don't have a vote in this. <laughs> Never mind. Um, we're actually near the end of the show, would you believe? Um, if I may, I'd like to thank Liz and Tim for all their efforts on behalf of town fans. Absolutely, I'm second that. Uh, and Liz, apologies for loudly shouting movement every time he had a throw in at Wigan. <laughs> so, did you meet Slowball or just hear him? He was sat just in front of oh, us. Oh, was he? <laughs> I, may, I may have deafened Mrs. Nuts that day also. <laughs> We're rubbish at throwing. That's right, <laughs> she was always. sat next to him. <laughs> God bless Adrian Pears. There you go. Thanks, Slowball. Thank you, mate. Um, right, we, li- literally, we've got a minute and a half. Um, Anything you want to talk about before we go on to the whole match? Very England quickly. worth watching. Yes, I heard. I didn't see it. I was away. Oh, but yeah, really, really good. Yeah. We've just retired from doing international away games, uh, kind of at the worst time imaginable, but we're handing it over to the next generation, and uh, they're going to have a lot of fun watching this England team because yeah. they're playing some very, very good football. They are, aren't they? Yeah. You know what that means. You get the semi-final and get knocked out by the Germans. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, cold game coming up. Thoughts? Liz, we're going to win? What would the beat say? The beat would say 3 1 to the town. He'd say that every game, though, wouldn't yeah, he? Sounds a reasonable I, prediction. I do think we'll win. I'm, I'm, I'm a glass half empty man all the time, but um, I th- actually think we'll win. I think we do a win. We've got to. We can't have bad refs every week. I think we're going to go down with our heads held high, having lost two or three of our last 15 games, mm. which would be utterly ridiculous. Mm. But looking at the fixtures, it's quite possible. We're playing well enough, mm. and the pressure's off the players, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Any thoughts on who's going to play quickly? Uh, well, it's not quite as difficult to predict as when Roy Keane was here, I guess. No. Um, <laughs> but as long as we see lots more of the youngsters, I really don't mind. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, you've got uh, ten seconds to, to predict the score. <laughs> Liz? I don't like predicting scores because it always tempts fate. So, so you've just gone one I'm all then? I'm going to keep quiet. And I'm going to... Spirit of the beat, he always said 3 1 to the town. So let's go 3 1 to the town. Okay, yeah? I'll go 2 0 town. Thanks for listening, everyone. We have to go. Take care. Bye. <laughs>